Hi, beauties. This is the Beyond Beauty Project with your host, Bridget Burrick-Brown, the show that's redefining the meaning of beauty. Enjoy, and we're so grateful to have you part of the conversation. Hello, episode three. Today's interview is with Jolene Hart. Jolene is a health coach and founder of the beauty coaching practice, Beauty is Wellness. She is a former InStyle Magazine beauty editor and best-selling author of five wellness books, including Eat Pretty and the newly released Ignite Your Light. This conversation is full of wisdom, and she gives us tools we can use in our everyday life to help us feel our best and our most beautiful from the inside out. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I am here with Jolene Hart. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm well. It is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yes. So Jolene's latest book is Ignite Your Light, and it's all about beauty from within, which we are going to dive deeply into today. And I'm reading her book currently. I'm in love with it. and. I'm just excited to learn more about it because I feel like there's always that one person that has this inner glow and you want to know where it comes from, right? So I'm, I'm excited to learn, learn more from you Mm -hmm. today. Um, I want to start off by asking you my first question. I ask everybody and I'm curious to hear how you would define beauty. I I mean, I think working in the beauty industry. Okay. So beauty is really the quality of being pleasing to the senses or to the mind. Um, But I feel like I've also learned that beauty is such an experience. It's also a feeling. So it's not something that necessarily has to be tangible. Yeah, it really is a feeling. Mm -hmm. Like when you feel beautiful. Yeah. That's when you're really beautiful when you feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I've heard you say um, in our prior chats that beauty is wellness. Can you explain to me a little bit more what that means to you? Sure. So beauty is wellness is what I named my coaching practice on my website um, 11 years ago when I first started coaching. And and I had just left my beauty editor job and I wanted a website where I could post all of my writings. And I, I chose beauty as wellness because I really feel like there's no beauty without well-being. And that's mind, mm. body and spirit well-being. You know, without wellness, beauty is just kind of masking what isn't there underneath. And we can go into why that was like a reflection of my personal story, um, my personal experience as an editor. That's so interesting because I have this tagline that I always say, and I say beauty really comes from within our minds, within our emotions, within our spirits and within our physical health. And yeah, wait, so tell us, I know you were a beauty editor at InStyle Magazine. And I know during some of those years, you had struggled with some skin issues. Um, Tell us about that. Was that hard? So, I mean, yeah, I I had worked my way up to my, I guess, my dream job as a beauty editor in style through several different magazines. And when I got there, you know, I had probably had a decade worth of skin issues and the, the most obvious of which were cystic acne. So if you've ever had cystic acne, it's a yeah. hard 
painful acne bumps that just, they're just persistent. They're always there. But I also had eczema like all over my arms and legs. And so I would, because I was a beauty editor, I had this amazing access, right? That more than what I think any average woman would have to celebrity dermatologists. I could go to Madonna's facialist. I could call up any beauty company and say, you know, send me this new product. I want to try it. And so believe me, I did all of those things because I was so self-conscious being sort of the face of the magazine, you know, one of the faces of the magazine, um, having meetings with, with beauty companies and beauty executives and sitting across the desk and thinking, I know they're looking at my cystic acne. Um, So I, you know, I started trying everything and I got really, really good at covering up my skin. I think that was the real takeaway. It was figuring out how to conceal things, but I wasn't able to get to the root cause. And, and I would, you know, continually press people like, you know, what what can I do um, in my diet? What can I do in my, in my lifestyle? And I was always kind of, you know, shooed away from that direction. Like, oh, there's nothing there. Um, but I, mm, I knew that there was, um, my mom was a, she was a nurse and she had founded a health food co-op when I was a kid. So she always really taught me food was medicine. And she always made that connection for me between, oh, you're feeling this, you probably need you're deficient in this. So you should have a little bit more of that. And so I really kept going back to that link that people were denying was there. Mm. This is so interesting because. Um, we have a very similar journey. I had cystic acne really horribly and I was doing the same thing. And then that's sort of when I got into the holistic nutrition too. And I remember I went to work as a model with this client that I probably hadn't seen in three years. And I sat in her make the makeup chair and, um, the makeup artist said, what, what have you been doing? And I said, I've been, I changed my diet and I've been taking Uh care of my health. Yeah. So, so this, did the skin, did your skin issues, I guess I would say, spark your interest in studying what your mom had sort of planted as your foundation um, a little bit further? A hundred percent. I just knew there was more there. And it also made me really interested in the whole natural and organic beauty sector, which was at, at that point, this was maybe like 12 years ago, was really being ignored, especially in the mainstream magazines. So I really wanted to dive into that. So I left my job at InStyle, which was like a huge decision. But I went to school yeah. to become a health coach. Like I was giving up like my dream job, you know, to become yeah. a freelancer, which was nothing, which was like untethered. But I went to to school um, at the Integrative Institute for Integrative Nutrition in, in New York. It's when they still had their in-person programs um, to become a health coach and just to kind of go on this exploration journey. And I thought it would make me a better health journalist, but it really, um, it really pushed me to do some experimentation with my own body and to, to change my diet, to change my lifestyle a little bit. And then because I was a journalist, um, you know, I started interviewing experts in Ayurveda, genomics, Chinese medicine, dermatology, like anyone that I had access to as a beauty writer, 
I started, you know, having exploratory interviews to, to ask them, well, what is it that you know about um, the body and the skin or nutrition and skin or um, our genes and how, you know, things are expressed in our skin. And all of that went into kind of creating my first book, Eat Pretty, but also my coaching practice just to help other women, because besides you and I, there are just so many other women who have this story of going through that period and, and your skin issues are so visible. They're, they're present yeah. all the time and really not knowing. Too. Yeah, absolutely. And they change, they affect your mental health so much. They, yes. they are just, they're always there. You can't hide them. So um, there's really such a need for learning more about your body, learning more about your hormones, your gut health, your nutrition. I feel like there's yeah. this like, 101 class that we all should have had when we were like, 17 or 18 you know totally and we didn't get it no I agree god it should be a high school class yeah just still learning like you said the basics I don't think I mean we were talking about this a little bit before we jumped on but there's just such a lack of education around just being a woman and all the changes that our body goes through and what that affects like our skin um, Stacy London is doing a lot of great things in the menopause world. She stepped she really away is. from, yeah. from, uh, yeah, from being, I guess, a big fashion stylist. I don't know if she's still doing any of the fashion styling, but, um, I love to see what she's doing too. Um, yeah. and just to keep with the acne for a second, I think that it is it it does almost become a mental health issue. And yeah. if you haven't been through it, you don't really no, understand not. it. But yeah. oh God, I remember just crying about it and canceling mm-hmm. plans or not even sometimes not dating because it was right. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your lines journey? Because that has to have been some of your... Yeah journey with the health coaching, right? Absolutely. Well, so, you know, I, I realized now that I had had Lyme for about eight years before my symptoms came out. So my symptoms didn't come out until I was a um, postpartum, you know, finishing up breastfeeding my son. And I know now that when you have a big hormonal shift in your body, that's like the opportune time for something like Lyme that might be um, in remission or might be dormant in your body to kind of take hold. And that's what happened oh, to me. Wow. So at that point, I had I'd already written all of the pretty books. I'd been health coaching for almost seven years. I was okay. very solid in in my work. But Lyme really um, it expanded my perspective to show me how incredibly powerful your personal energy is in your in your physical health, also in your beauty. Because mm-hmm. you know, like we were talking about, you, we're always exploring that concept of um, you know how does that person have that glow or that energy that you can almost feel. I was always asking yeah. that question as a beauty editor, and it's really the same answer as how can you take a little bit more control over your healing beyond, you know, sleeping well, eating well. Uh, your personal energy is so factored into your immune system, your day-to-day happiness, your resilience when you're going through something like chronic illness yeah. or challenge. And so it really brought out that next level of beauty from within. I think it's almost like the next level of consciousness that I was always trying to understand better. And I think it was just like sheer desperation, but Lyme really brought me there to realize that there was so much power 
in my own body that I didn't even realize was a factor in in my beauty, in my happiness, in my resilience. And it helped me to really tap into that. Wow. Do you almost, in a weird way, think of it as a blessing now? I'm, I'm still working on getting to, okay, to that point. Maybe... I, I definitely, I, I always try to see the good, even in challenges, but it, it has been so many years of my life and has really taken so much from myself and my family that I still have a hard time saying that it was like a good thing. It's just, yeah. you can always, you can always take really helpful lessons with you through whatever it is that affect you in your life. And I, I believe that strongly. Well, I guess that you can take parts of it and yeah. choose to use it for good is exactly is is really cool. You know, yeah. Like, bravo, bravo to that. Can yeah, you? Ex- so many people do. Yeah. Can you explain, um, in your words, what energy is and how does it influence our day to day health and happiness? Sure. So. In this context, you know, energy is also like what powers your refrigerator or what gets you through your spin class. But in this context, um, it's your personal essence. So I think it's kind of like an alchemy of your thoughts and your feelings, your food choices, the way you move your body, um, people and surroundings. It's like this unique equation that is yours. And, um, And it absolutely influences our health and happiness. I think, um, you know, it really puts you back in control of the narrative of your life when you realize that energy is like your superpower. I think it's an overlooked element in in beauty, certainly, um, in healing and happiness. And this is like across races, across cultures, across life experiences. Yeah. We all have this personal energy that we can tap into. And, and sometimes in our life, we really connect to that. And it absolutely influences, like I said before, your immune system. It can slow the aging process in your body by reducing stress in your body. It can mm. um, increase happiness neurotransmitters, um, reprogram those pathways of your brain if you really connect to your personal energy. So there's so much power there, um, regardless of what you want to use it for, whether it's beauty or just kind of finding more joy day to day. I think there's so much there. What are some ways you can boost your energy? Yeah, so I always recommend keeping a list of what I call your instant shifts. And these are just your favorite quick ways to shift your energy in the moment because all day long we're coming into contact with other people, we're having situations, maybe we hear a news story and our energy is kind of being affected by all of those things. So what are your tools that you have to shift you back to where you wanna be? Um, You know, sometimes for me it's like, putting on a lipstick that I love. It's going, putting my feet in the grass and sitting in the sunshine for five minutes. Mm. It is, um, you know, a essential oil that I love to smell. It's calling a friend and just talking for, for two minutes, you know, um, talking it out. There's so many ways that you can shift your energy. And I think for all of us, those things affect us differently. It might be like a favorite song, uh, mm-hmm. a cup of tea that you love. So I encourage everyone to kind of make their own list of instant shifts yeah. and keep it. Um, keep it on your phone, keep it at your desk and, and pencil those things into your day, make them part of your day. Cause the more that you can shift back to that energy where you want to be, the, the harder it is to stray from it. It's almost like strengthening that pathway or strengthening a muscle. Mm, yeah. The more you practice it almost, it becomes a habit. Yeah. 
And you probably crave it because it makes you feel good. You do. It's, it's like one of those things like meditation that's so hard to describe unless you experience it. And the more you practice it, the easier it gets because you know how good it feels to be in that place. Yeah. Yeah. What is the link between energy and the physical beauty we see in the mirror? You know, it took me so long to realize the reason that I loved being a beauty editor was because of the energetic shift that beauty products give you. Like I knew that I didn't really care about, um, you know, a certain hairstyle or a certain like blush color, but it is like the fact that when something smells a certain way or you touch your skin or you have that connection to your body, you shift your energy. And that is why, 100% why I love it. And you know, during my years as a beauty editor, I would meet women from all paths of life, like different industries. And we'd always connect and have that moment of like, yes, beauty products, like whatever your routine is, whether it's super minimalist and all you use is like toothpaste and deodorant, or you have like a 12 step routine, there's something in there that really lights you up. And so to me, that's like the fundamental. Um, I think, you know, anytime that you, you do shift your energy in that way, you are affecting the cumulative wear and tear of your body. You're changing the way you age. Mm. And when you surround yourself with things that bring you joy, you change your brain, you change your biology. So on the surface level, you know, beauty products might have the ability to kind of change the way we look in the moment. But over time, that ritual that we create in using them is really changing the way we age and, you know, our brain and our biology, I think both. The structures of our cells, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. It- it's reminding me as you were talking, um, the example of two things of water. Have you ever heard of this? And someone yeah. talks very negatively to one. Is it water? It is. Water. Um, it, it's funny. I researched a lot of this in writing Ignite Your Light, and I didn't find a lot of, a lot of substance um, okay. behind the research, but it is it's such a cool concept. And I think um, there's a point with the, with the topic of energy where, um, the research sort of fails us and we have to go on personal experience and like that feeling. So I think that might be one of those examples is the, the idea, the example that you're citing is that you can really change kind of the structure of water, um, by the energy around it. But I think we all know how you feel when you have, you're exposed to different energies, when you're interacting with, you know, the barista at Starbucks who's in a bad mood and how that shifts your energy and then you pass it on, you know, you're an energy conduit. And I think there's so many things that can shift you throughout the day. Yeah. It also makes you remember that who you're surrounding yourself with is so important because it affects our energy, right? Okay, give us some examples of things that can negatively affect our energy um, and possibly how you see them manifest in all the areas, body, mind, emotion, spirit. Sure. So uh, physical body, um, you know, it can be physical closeness to someone or something that makes you uncomfortable. It can be actual hunger or thirst, right? That can shift your energy immediately. That's a stressful state for your body. Um, in our minds, it can be, you know, circular thoughts, cyclical thoughts, or a mental load that you're carrying all the time. We, we as women really know a lot about carrying that mental load and how much it can be, you know, affecting our energy, even when we're doing something else during the day. 
um, emotionally, certainly our, our relationships, maybe losses yeah. in your life, and spiritually or, or in our spirits, um, shifts in direction in your life that feel, you know, like you're not quite sure where you're going, or you, you can't define your purpose, life challenges, all of those things can really kind of shake you spiritually at your core. So yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many things there's so the many. Ones that come to mind, but yeah. Um, yeah, those are the ones you hear a lot. God. So it's probably important to take a kind of a tally of your energy often to yeah. see like what things are positively or negatively affecting it. Uh, so in Ignite Your Light, I talk about what I call the energy influencers, which are 13 different areas of your life, things like relationships and your, your work day and your home space and your spiritual practice and your food. And I feel like they're almost like flipping on a light switch in each area of your life. And when they're all turned on, that's when, that's when you're lit up, right? That's Ignite Your Light. Yeah. And so in the book, I have, I have a quiz where you can kind of check on which area of your energy you could use the most attention to. But I think just flipping through and looking at the different areas, you really, you connect to one where you're like, yeah, yeah right now, this one is, is, you know, is suffering in my life, or this one needs a little more attention. And it ebbs and it flows, right? Different decades of our life, different points and, and moments, we have different areas that need more attention. Yep. Yep. I love the quiz. Yeah. Um, it's such a good a idea. Yeah. I love a quiz. Um, let's shift a little bit to food and beauty. Yeah. What are some of the most important ways we can use food to nourish healthy skin? Mm, that's a good question. Um, this really completely changed my relationship with food when I first became a health coach. And it was the realization that when you eat food, um, those substances are breaking down to the molecular level in your body. So they're breaking down molecule by molecule. And those molecules are what your body uses to rebuild your yourself, your skin, your hair, your nails. And so on a molecular mm. level, your food actually becomes you. And that to me was like this total transformation aha moment where I was realizing what I was putting in was not what I wanted to, to be reshaping and reforming my future me, my future selves. Um, yeah. And it's just that those choices were so important. So that was like the, you know, on a scientific level, the, the aha moment. The other part is that it really, it delivers those building blocks. It helps to steady your blood sugar, which has so many trickle down effects on your hormones, um, on your gut health. So yeah. there's just so many connections there. I mean, we can do a whole podcast on, on that connection, but realizing that food does become you in a way was a big, a big aha transformation moment for me. Yep. Just thinking that <laughs> mm -hmm. when you eat anything um, beyond, right. beyond its nutritional <clears throat> value, how does the energy of our food and our food relation, like our relationship with food mm -hmm. affect our beauty and health? Yeah. And it's funny. I wrote eat pretty all about the nutritional value of food and how it affects our beauty. And then it wasn't until Ignite Your Light that I took it to the next level and looked at the energy of our food and realized there's so much here. And it's not just the energy of food itself, which is important. Like think about, you know, where was your food grown? Um, how long has it been since it has been harvested? Has it been sitting, 
you know, in a warehouse for a few months before it got to you? Like, what is that Mm. energetic value of the ingredient? But it's also your food relationship. So um, what is that relationship you have with food? How do you perceive it? And there's, there's actually a scientific study that shows the way you perceive the food that you're consuming changes the way that your body receives it in terms of caloric, you know, benefits and and the benefits to your body, which is kind of mind blowing that like, if you think of something as being healthier and better for you or being good for you, that it actually makes it more so, which for a lot of, for a lot of women, yes, yes way. And it's so incredible. And I really hope there's a lot more exploration in that area in the future. But for a lot of us women, we have been taught to to shame ourselves for eating things, to like in our minds think, oh, I shouldn't have had that. That was like, I can't believe I ate that. You know, how how much of that messaging have we gotten our whole lives? So that right there yes. is really changing energetically what happens to our food and how we receive it, right? Um, and then there's also the energy of when food is being prepared, was it made when you're, you know, came home and you're stressed and you're slamming around pans, or are you taking a moment to put some love and care into your food to, to connect with your senses, the smells, uh, the tastes, what is your eating environment like? So from the health coach standpoint, um, when you're getting ready to eat, it's called the cephalic phase of digestion. And that is when you secrete 30% of your digestive enzymes 20% of your stomach acid, that's before you take your first bite, just kind of thinking about the food you're going to eat, activating your senses. And so many of us miss that phase, which is a huge percent of our digestive capacity, because we just are launching right into food. Maybe we're multitasking and eating while we work or Mm. watching TV or having a stressful conversation. And that really affects Um, what we can derive from our food energetically and nutritionally. And I feel like there's so much power there that we can kind of take back for ourselves. Wow. It's like the, the ritual of eating can really become a ritual of wellness. Yes. I never thought of it like that. That is so I didn't either. And it, it changes, it really changes the way your body receives food and how much you can get from it too. And then you see the difference in your skin, you see the difference in your beauty because your body is, is getting more nutritional and energetic value from what you're consuming. So it is absolutely powerful. Wow. And I mean, if you just think of going back to what you're saying about how many women are taught to feel guilty for eating this, or yeah. it's like, we use this thing that could be a beautiful wellness practice to shame ourselves or guilt ourselves or Uh make ourselves run that extra mile. And, oh, wow. I've been there myself. And and it's not a place where you enjoy being either. I mean, I have always loved food, but there was such a period of my life where I like felt like I shouldn't love it and felt like I was always, you know, always struggling against it. And it was so nice to be able to, to relax back into the idea that, food was a tool that I could use to support my best and healthiest self. It wasn't an enemy and the messaging was wrong, you know? Yeah. I think that, um, we all, but women in particular, particular get very confused almost because we're getting all this different messaging. And I remember having a moment in my early twenties where, 
I was just eating the way people told me to. And at that time it was a lot of the like fad diets, like the Atkins. Right. And it, right. And it wasn't until I stopped and really started getting in tune with myself and my body. Did I know? And I remember I had lost a ton of weight or something, not a ton of weight, but mm-hmm. a, like so, where you could notice. And someone sure. was like, well, what have, what have you been doing? I'm like, I just haven't been like shoving a bunch of protein in my mouth. <laughs> like, cause Ab, do, you, do you remember the Atkins diet? I do remember Atkins South beach. There was like always oh. a new diet. And that was the time that we were like very influenced into maybe finally making our own food choices. Cause we were like, yes. you know, in college, it was so influential to me and so confusing. Yes. Yes. And I, and they're like, so what are you eating? I'm like carbs, meat and carbs. They're like, no way. I was like, (laughs) yes. (laughs) But I remember it wasn't until I really got in tune. No one can tell you. Um, Right. It's so true. You have to like learn it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are the key beauty foods and habits we should be practicing over the winter? I love this. So um, it was when I was writing Eat Pretty that I started to realize that season by season, uh, nature really gives us the exact foods and nutrients that we need to keep our bodies and our beauty in balance at that time of the year. It's so, it's so amazing and mind blowing. It's also so obvious, but I feel like it's something that we don't appreciate. So going into the winter, and this is maybe the trickiest time of year because there's not a lot that's fresh this, this time of year, right? Yeah. So we're, we're leaning more into, of course, some of maybe the root vegetables that are going to be deeply nourishing, but also more warming foods, healthy fats. We're really leaning into rest this season. Um, some of my favorites are um, cacao during the winter or you know cocoa. Mm-hmm. The catechins and cocoa block wrinkle formation. They're amazing for skin redness and hydration. Um, pomegranate, which has a particular phytochemical oh. that defends against collagen breakdown. Um, things like ginger for inflammation, citrus for super high um, vitamin C and circulation. The allium vegetables like onions and garlic are going to be amazing for your immune system, but also for, um, for antioxidant value. So it's so much of what is fresh in each season, but certainly in the winter, it's more um, warming foods, healthy fats, hydration because you sometimes forget to drink water when you're not sweating or you're not hot and then letting your body have more of that deep rest which really helps with kind of restoration and renewal before spring arrives and when spring arrives what are we Mm -hmm. eating then yeah so it's it's the best it's all the light green um, green leafies the asparagus the artichokes Um, A lot of those foods have particular phytochemicals that are amazing for liver detox and for detox in general in the body. So spring is the time, spring and fall both, where the body naturally detoxes. So it's a lot of eating lighter. You notice in the spring, there's not a lot of fruit that is in season. It's kind of like maybe strawberries. So it's a little bit of a more spare season. It's more about um, lightening up getting things that are green. And when you move out of the winter, sometimes you have put on extra weight, you know, it's like a natural cycle thing. And in the spring, when you're going towards more food that is lighter and greener and cleansing and naturally detoxifying, it balances your body right back. And it's sort of like part of that cycle. 
where you're energizing yourself um, in, in the new season as that season starts. I feel like what you just said to um, normalizes that our bodies change even season by season. They totally do. Right. And yeah, don't That's freak okay. out. Embrace it. Like this is the time of year when you're turning inward a little more. So maybe wanting to rest a little more, to have earlier evenings, to eat a little heavier, eat foods that are warmer and spicier. Like those are natural inclinations that don't yeah. mean that you're eating like, you know, that you're eating too much. Just having those deeply nourishing and maybe a little bit heavier and more warming foods is a normal thing. Yeah. Do you have any um, practices that you help your clients with about how much they eat? Or Yeah, so for some people, I mean, especially those who have had a complicated food relationship, your hunger and fullness signals can be dysregulated, right? Um, so it, it is tricky. And, and often people with blood sugar imbalances will have their hunger and fullness signals dysregulated because they're on this roller coaster of cravings all day of like mm -hmm. um, getting a little burst and then crashing and then the burst and then crashing. So it is really kind of tapping into, um, you know, again, having that cephalic phase of digestion where you're preparing yourself to eat, you're taking in all of your senses, activating those senses. And that really helps you to switch over into your parasympathetic nervous system, your parasympathetic mode, which is rest and digest, where your digestion happens, happens optimally. And as you do that, you really take notice of, I think, what you're, you're receiving a little bit more. I think that is yeah. a, that's one of the first ways that I help them to do that. But certainly a lot of health coaching is just about teaching people to strengthen that skill of inner listening and like restore that skill that almost gets dulled by a lot of the other influences and inputs that we get from other places. That's my, was, I was just going to ask that. Do you do a lot of work with just helping people get back in touch with their intuition and sort of that mind body connection? Yes. And, yeah. you know, they talk about, and, and you said something about, you know, having more carbs and they'll say, oh, but I'm craving these carbs. And yes, because uh, these, these carbs are going to be, you know, comforting to your body. They help produce serotonin. They help to give you, you know, that steady energy. And so we explain exactly why certain foods are the ones that they're craving or that they need at this point in their life. And I think that they kind of relax into that, like, okay, it's not just because I'm out of control and I just want to eat this yeah. food all day. There's, there's usually a reason behind a lot of it. And it may only be a moment, a couple months or a, a moment in their life, but it's okay to honor that craving and to understand where it's coming from. Oh, I love that approach. It's like very sweet, you know, because we're so hard on ourselves. Oh my gosh, so hard. Women, I mean, we're so hard on ourselves. Everything I think we... We don't give ourselves enough credit for so many aspects of our life, but food, that relationship is so complicated already. Yeah, it really is. Okay. I want to talk about your most recent book, Ignite Your Light. You separated it into energetic parts of the day. Um, can you, so sunrise, daylight, sunset, moonlight. Mm -hmm. I would love to dive into this a bit because I just think it's so cool. Yeah, I, so for me, I kind of love to compartmentalize things. And so I do this sort of for organization, but also because I love the like inward, outward, sun, moon, dark, light dichotomy mm. that it illustrates. 
in totally. our in our bodies, in our day, in the you know the structure of our lives. But I think I, I think I, I did that particularly because because it allows the reader to put themselves and in, in, to put themselves into that structure and to see their own routine and their own day according to what influences their personal energy at that time mm. of day to make it less about me and more about you and you noticing yourself in that cycle of the day. So that was kind of why I chose that structure beyond just kind of loving what it illustrates, you know? Yeah. Can you give us some examples of sunrise? Yes. So in the morning, um, some of your big, your, your big energy influences are um, the way you, you wake up in the morning, the way you prepare for your day, the way you move your body in the morning. It's a great mm. time for setting intentions for the day, for expressing gratitude. But there can be some big energy drains. Like if you, um, you know, you're, you're viewing some upsetting news, you're reaching for your phone as soon as you wake up, you're, yeah. you're finding yourself rushed in your routine. That can be a really big energy drain. So you want to kind of flip that and do a little bit of preparation, create a new wake up routine, maybe where you um, just kind of for a moment soak in the, the gratitude of the day. Think of one or two things that you're grateful for, slow down your routine and maybe move your body intentionally in the morning so you can kind of reconnect sort of being in your physical yeah. body after after sleep. Morning routine is so important. Yeah. I mean, it's really sets your day because if you don't, then it affects the next one that's daylight. Tell us about daylight. Absolutely. Yeah. So daylight is really the the energetic height of the day. So this is where you're connecting, your relationships are a big energetic influence, your workspace. I think your your breath is actually something that really defines your energy throughout the day. Are you are you breathing, you know, slowly and intentionally? Or are you kind of getting in the moment, you know, mm. feeling in the flow is something that can really help you connect to your energy during that daylight part of the day. And some of the big energy drains are, you know, say you're not, you're not nourishing your body, you're not taking breaks, you're not moving your body during the day or connecting to the outdoors. All those things can really drain your energy during the day. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when I stay inside all day, and yeah. it's, yeah. it's the sun starting to set, I, I feel mm -hmm. it. I'm like, I didn't go outside and breathe in Same. the fresh air or get any sun on my face. I so agree. And that really, that really affects me. I love hearing that you feel the same way. hundred percent. Okay. Tell us the biggest energy boosters and drains of sunset. Yeah. So sunset, I think is really when you kind of take control of the narrative of your day again, you take back the control. So hopefully yes. maybe you're moving into a time when you get to really choose what's going on. And I think some of the big influences are your home space, because a lot of us are returning home at this point of our day, if we haven't been there all day. Um, I yeah. think things like um, music and sound can be a big influencer at this time of day, whether you're in a crowded space or you have particular music that you like to listen to. And I talk all about the energy shifting abilities of music. And at this point in the day, I think, you know, things like too much tech, too many screens, not being able to shift away from work to more of a time when you're choosing what's going on with your body and your energy, those can be big dreams. Yeah, I feel like that's a time of day too, if you have kids, yes. that if you don't take a moment to ground or whatever you need to do, it mm -hmm. can be very overwhelming. 
Yes, that's one of the influencers of this time of day that I forgot to mention, which is um, the, the influencer of kind of play and play and joy. So I put this in this part of the day because I do have a small child like you. And I feel like I've learned so much about how play is such an incredible energy shifter that a lot of us adults don't don't tap into anymore. We kind of forget yeah. about um, whether it's you know, and play can be so many different things in your life, but it's definitely um, a great energy influencer that we should all kind of take into 100%. account and like, add into our life. And it's a great point in your day to do it, is to have some like some play and some freedom in your life. And our kids really remind us of that. Yeah, that's one of the so good coolest, coolest things about them. Yeah, so I agree. Once they have dance parties, and sometimes I'm like, no. <laughs> but then as that's soon great. as I get up. And start dancing. I'm like, this is great. I know. Why wasn't I doing this before? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, tell us about moonlight. Yeah, so this is like really turning inward. This is the part of your day when you can reflect on maybe all the energy that you've picked up throughout the day and then release. So it's so important to have a practice to release and let go of unwanted energy that you're carrying throughout the day. I think this part of the day, um, big energy influences are your maybe your spiritual practice, your you know body preparing for sleep. That can be another big one. Mm, yeah. And I think you know things that really can drain your energy are maybe any worries or cyclical thoughts that are unresolved and maybe keep you up at night. Things that are unfinished. So yeah. we sometimes carry a lot of that in our in our mental load. Yeah, I try to before I leave work. I have a very good to-do list. I kind of organize all my scrambled notes and stuff throughout the day. <laughs> Otherwise, that's something that can definitely keep me up. Yes, that helps me so much too, to have a list written for the next day. So I won't forget anything. And also that I'm like organized when I start my, do my new day and start that new cycle. Yeah, I feel like people are talking a lot more about sleep hygiene. Yes. lately and I guess this mm -hmm. is that would be part of it having like a nighttime ritual like you have morning time right yeah because sleep is kind of that that energetic bridge between your two days and if you don't sleep well like what affects your energy more in a, in, a, in a negative way than a bad night of sleep like you're cranky you have cravings you know you feel horrible so sleeping well is actually a, a really important energy influencer yeah Okay, so beyond beauty rounds, mm -hmm. no particular order. Um, tell me something that you are inspired by right now. I am so inspired by my son's love of art, which is a new thing for him. He's Aww. so into art projects and he had some fine motor deficits for a while. And now he's really got this on point where he wants to draw and paint and use clay. And so every day it's like, mom, can you draw with me? Can you paint with me? And it is really, it's really lighting me up to get back to those things that I haven't done in so many years and just yeah. like find joy in, in color and form. And, you know, it's, it's really inspiring me. I love um, sitting down and drawing with Scarlett. It's, yeah. And it's almost meditative. It is. It's, it's just such a nice way to, yeah, to express creativity that I think maybe I don't have a lot of outlets for. I don't have enough outlets for. Yeah. And spending time with them. Yes. Okay. Something you're grateful for. Maybe that's. I'm so grateful for healing. 
for the body's capacity to heal and for feeling that process happen. Yeah, you know it so well firsthand, right? Mm -hmm. And you see it in your clients. I, I do. I oh, I love seeing it in my clients, but living it is just, it's almost, it's very surreal to, to be feeling it happen because it's not, it almost feels like it's not in real time, but you look back and you realize how much has shifted. Are you still on the path of healing your limes? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I feel like I'm closer than ever, but it's, I had no idea what a long journey it would be and what a, what a nonlinear journey it would be like yeah. one step forward, two steps back and up and down and just, just really, you know, focusing your energy. Otherwise you would be in these days where you wouldn't even want to be able to get out of bed. So just like the energy component of it was so important for me to get through those times and still be able to find joy in those years of my life that otherwise yeah. I think, uh, you know, would have been lost to just waiting to feel better. Yes. That makes me understand even more how the energy part became so important for you. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite mental health ritual? Mm, it's always been taking a walk. Like I've always been yeah. like walking meditation kind of girl. And when I lived in, in Manhattan, I would like walk to work. Like from, I walked from Brooklyn up to my office at InStyle just because I loved that, that time sort of Amazing. decompressed and be in my head. And it just felt like a really good mental health yeah. relief. I love that. Yes. Um, favorite beauty tip? I am always a fan of a raw honey mask because it gently exfoliates your skin. It's a humectant. It makes your skin just like so smooth and glowing. So that's like an old school, just I always I do a raw that. honey mask. I know. I also love red light therapy. I don't get to do it that often, but it's just a really cool, um, non-invasive tool that really helps with collagen. And mm -hmm. I, I love it. Oh my God. I have a mask that I can wear while I'm like working on my computer. It's Do you? So That's great. Weird. And I've never tried the raw honey mask. Tell us oh, the you benefits have to. of so, that. Um, so clean skin, just apply a layer of raw honey, leave it on for at least 20 minutes, but you could leave it on like half a day if you're working or you're doing something around the house. And then you rinse it off with warm water and like a damp washcloth and your skin will be so smooth. Really? Again, it's like it's a humectant. It's also antibacterial. So if you've got any kind of blemishes going on, it's going to be healing. Um, it is, it's just so, you know, naturally enzymatic. So any kind of um, skin cells that you kind of need to, to get rid of, or just going to loosen those. It's amazing if you're going to a party or a photo shoot and you want your skin to be super, um, you know, to be able to put on makeup and have it be super smooth. It's just nice. great before that. Um, I would think like, for you, do you have like a special thing that you do before shoot, you know, some kind of exfoliation or anything to make your skin glow? If not, this could be something. That yeah, I definitely have a ritual. I do a little yeah. exfoliating. I put the heavy there cream on, but I'm mm -hmm. going to try this. Yes, Love definitely it. try it. Okay. Final question. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self one thing, what would you tell her? This is such a good question. You know, I don't really feel like my younger self would have believed a lot of the things I would tell her. Totally. <laughs> I think she had to like learn them for herself. 
but certainly like not everything in life is tangible or black and white. And some of the most powerful and profound aspects of your journey are going to be unseen. They're going to be in your body and in your mind and, you know, trust your intuition, like never lose that connection to your intuition. I think I just, I was always looking for like the food, the vitamin, the exercise class, the doctor. And I, and I didn't realize like so much of what I needed was just already in my body. So much of that power I already had. And it sounds kind of cheesy, maybe it's like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, like you always had that power all along here, but you, yeah. you, you do. And I, I don't know that I would have believed it because I really always thought I had to look externally for healing and, and for beauty, but so much of it was already here. Yeah, we give so much our, of our power away and we have so much of it inside of us. I love that. So true. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it seems so nice. I feel like we could talk all day. We absolutely can. Okay, tell everybody where they can find your books, but this is her recent book, and where they can find you so they can follow along. Yeah. So anywhere that you order books, you should be able to find the pretty books, Ignite Your Light, and the new journal, Shine On. You can also just go to my website, joleneheart.com, and I have links to all the books there. It's kind of like a hub for anything that you might want to find. And then your Instagram is? Yes, Instagram is at Jolene Hart. And you can find links to all those things there too. And as well as, you know, new recipes and and new things that I'm working on, which I hope to be able to announce soon. Okay, exciting. (laughs) You're going to have to tell me that off. off (laughs) Okay, we will see you guys again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for joining another Beyond Beauty Project conversation. Let's continue to support each other with kindness, empowered voices, and self-love. Visit us at www.beyondbeautyproject.com where you can find all of our socials. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And listen, Bridget would love to hear from you. Don't be shy. So send us a DM or an email with your thoughts and what you want to hear about. See you beauties next time. This podcast episode is designed to be for informational and discussion purposes only. I am not a doctor and I'm not trained as a medical provider or counselor. I do not provide medical care or attempt to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any physical ailment or any mental or emotional issue, disease, or condition on this podcast. Always seek the advice of your own physician or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding your personal medical condition. Do not disregard recommended medical advice or treatment or delay in seeking professional medical advice because of information or content obtained from this podcast. If you have or suspect that you have a medical or mental health issue, please contact your own healthcare provider promptly. For urgent medical needs, please contact your healthcare provider or call 911 immediately.